Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider. Where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema? episode of Cinema Super Collider, we are going to be talking about the 1991 vanilla ice vehicle, Cool as Ice. Indeed. It's a real movie. Yeah. I, are we going <laughs> to recommend this film? I um, like it. It's. I mean, it's really like, if you needed a snapshot into what was going on in 1991, like, this is it. This, yeah. is, this is the movie. Yeah, I, I will recommend it, but I'm having a hard time. I've been, like, since we turned it off, bef- in the time between we turned off the, the film and set up this equipment in our studio to record, I have been pondering how it would be that I would explain on the show why I would recommend it. Because it's not so bad it's good. I'm not laughing at the badness of the movie. It's pretty bad. No, I'm not saying it's not bad either. It's a it's a bad movie that doesn't even really have that many good parts in it. It's got a, a it's got a peculiar performance from Mr. Ice. Yeah. Right? Mhm. And in like a very vibrantly colored like candy-colored 1980s sort of late 80s early 90s vibe to it, right? Like Yo MTV Raps kind of look, right? Sure. Mhm. And a hackneyed sort of boring story of boy meets Roni, boy loses Roni, boy gets Roni back, right? Yeah. And yet, for some reason, I still kind of recommend it. I, I, I well, there's, I mean, you you sort of genuinely like Vanilla Ice in this movie, even though he's a fucking idiot. That's, he's a likable idiot. He's yeah. A, he, I mean, that's the thing is like Vanilla Ice is his most vanilla icy in this movie. Like he's larger than life. He's a complete idiot, and. I mean, he's not he's not playing himself as an idiot. He's just kind of an idiot. He's just being Vanilla Ice, I think. Yeah. He's being the character that you would imagine if Vanilla Ice stopped dancing and rapping and just had a conversation with like a human being. That's what this movie is. It's like if the if if somebody watched a Vanilla Ice video and was like, yes, let's expand this for an hour and a half and just saw what Vanilla Ice was doing moment to moment in his life with his friends. What would that look like? That's where you get cool as ice. Yeah, I see. For me, I kind of pictured Vanilla Ice as kind of an obnoxious poseur sort of guy. I think he genuinely believed at this point in his life and his career, I think he genuinely believed his shit. Yeah, I, he's not, I mean, he's not obnoxious. Uh, He's just, sort of weird and in 1991 vanilla ice lived on his own planet he was like the little prince you know (laughs) he was the little vanilla ice like what uh (laughs) la petite petite prince i think oh okay yeah uh he 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 had a little planet and he was there and some of his friends hung out there the vip 
the vanilla ice posse. Oh yeah, because that that legitimately was a thing that that existed. Because Vanilla Ice got kind of his like big career start at this club in Dallas called City Lights. And City Lights was the nightclub you went to if you wanted to see like rap acts and art, like like dance R and B acts. So Vanilla Ice. This is actually true. Vanilla Ice went there with some friends of his, and one of his friends was like, you should go up on that open mic thing and see if you can win. And he did. And then the guy that owned the club was like, hey, do you want like a permanent gig here? Because you're pretty good and you're entertaining. And Vanilla Ice was like, sure, why not? And his name was like Richie Van Winkle or something, right? His name is Robert Van Winkle. Robert Van Winkle. Yes. Yes. I believe that is his legitimate name. But he was Vanilla Ice on stage at the City Lights. He got the nickname Vanilla from his friends, his like his breakdancing friends, because he was the only white guy in the in the group of friends. So they were like, you're Vanilla, which, you know, if if all of your friends are black and you're the white guy, that makes sense. And then, you know, the ice came later. Yeah. So, so you vanilla know. ice. But yeah, so he he had like a whole act that he did at the City Lights Club. It was Vanilla Ice, and then he he worked with a DJ, and I don't remember the DJ's name, but he had the Vanilla Ice Posse, which was like backup dancers, but they were called VIP. Yeah, because that's cooler. They were his hype men. Well, I, I don't think they were his hype men. I think they were his backup dancers. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a difference between a hype man and backup dancers. See, at this point in my life, I had begun to abandon, like you know, what I what I as an old man would call pop music, popular popular music of the time. I was getting to the point of where I was very busy with work and with school. And well, you were my, a resident at this point, right? Um, no, I wasn't. I hadn't yet graduated medical school. Okay, but you were in medical school. Yeah, I was in medical school, and my only contact with this sort of genre of music, such as it was, was through MTV. I didn't listen to it on my own. I listened to CDs myself at home, or I might listen to the radio, like, uh, you know, white boy stations, but uh, I I wasn't familiar with this kind of music at all, and I I only saw videos on Yo! MTV Raps, or this this would even cross over from the MTV Raps show to just be generic MTV kind of music video that they would show. Right, because it was popular. Yeah, it was popular, and this was along with, you know, like, the Fresh Prince with, like, Summertime and with... uh, Young MC and with uh, MC Hammer, MC Hammer, LL Cool J. That's the kind of stuff that was that this was contemporary with. And despite the fact of of his being thought of as being kind of a clown and a joke. To my untrained ear, it's very, very similar to what, you know, Young MC was doing or, or or the Fresh Prince was doing at the same time. And I don't think it was strictly because he was a white guy. I think part of the problem was is that he really came to my knowledge via ripping off Queen Under Pressure, the, the baseline riff for that with his like number one song. What was this? What was the song? It was Ice Ice Baby. Ice Ice Baby. And that that was like his big, big hit song. And I think Queen successfully sued him for ripping off the Well, that it was interesting because that was like, I think, one of the first big cases for sampling. Yeah. Um, which a number of artists had been doing at the time. And it was one of those things where it was like, well, this is a thing that is now part of music is sampling other songs. And it was one of the things where it was like, well, what are we going to do about this? Because clearly they're using pieces of other people's songs as parts of their hook or whatever. So when does it become infringement? And when does it become just part of the new song? Mm-hmm. And what do we do about that? And yeah. so the, it was a question. And he got singled out, I think, in large part 
at the beginning of the question of answering that question by Queen, because I mean, Ice Ice Baby is essentially just under pressure. It, well, though, it doesn't the, have any of the musical parts of under pressure, but the the but the, the distinctive the distinctive part of under pressure, which is, is two notes on a bass guitar played right. in a specific rhythm. I mean, it's it's not some sort of a complicated thing. It's not some sort of a catchy hook. It's just bum 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 bum. Right. And the what I think I think one of the reasons why a lot of people thought Vanilla Ice was an idiot is that he was making the argument that there was like one note. Oh yeah, there was like one note that wasn't in there, and so mm-hmm. is it like everyone was like dude but this is this is like in the same general timeline as when Huey Lewis in the news successfully sued Ray Parker Jr over him ripping off I want a new drug to be from the Ghostbuster song. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. That was, a, I think that predated the Vanilla Ice sampling thing, but that was a court case that was in the news and that Huey Lewis successfully sued and won against Ray Parker Jr. If you listen to the two songs side by side, they are identical. Mm-hmm. It's just that one of them is about busting ghosts and the other one is about taking drugs. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's um, what's funny is that these all of these things occurred in like these real specific time windows. This is the time window when these kinds of cases came up of like copyright infringement or intellectual property in this specific way. Now, if you look back from this a decade back to Led Zeppelin, let's say. Led Zeppelin is the greatest offender in my mind. And forget the whole lawsuit with Led Zeppelin and the group Spirit and Stairway to Heaven and all that kind of thing, because I think that that's in a gray area. But there are four or five, you can look it up on YouTube, I'm not even going to bother to find it for you, but there are four or five Led Zeppelin songs that they credit as writing themselves, and they absolutely, they stole the notes, the bass lines, even the lyrics the exact same lyrics, maybe changed a word or two, and then said they were written by Page and Plant and collected a lot of money. Right, but they were from like black artists or something? They were like, yeah, they were from blues artists that it wasn't even a decade old, you know, like when they stole it. It was from a blues art. They they did it in 1969 from a, a, a blues guy that played it in 1961, you know, yeah. <laughs> and they just, they just renamed it and put their names on it. And that, you know, those lawsuits never went anywhere. Nobody bothered to do that then. And now sampling and reusing of music in the way that uh, Vanilla Ice did here would be I mean, people looked do at it. as incidental. I mean, nobody People do care. it all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just part of the music industry now. It's just how people, I mean, it, it and it's part of everything now. People, the the use of previous works in art, in you know, digital art, especially in um, you know, uh, music, parody, in parody, mm-hmm. in in everything is is so widespread now, and so such a part of what we do. Yeah, fair use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, I mean, as using some like a piece of something for, to do criticism about it, right, is considered fair use. Right but, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mean, people use clips of movies and TV shows all the time to do all kinds of things well youtube keeps trying to shut them down right which i think is kind of but i think that that even that wave is kind of broken now yeah and it's it's not as sort of thorny an issue as it was even like three or four years ago yeah the music thing is still a big big deal on youtube if you use any sort of copyrighted music in any way shape or form that the youtube bots can see they will shut it down we never use any copyrighted music on the podcast never (laughs) oh boy oh my goodness yeah if we ever if we ever break big 
big. We're gonna cut this whole part out of this show. We're gonna we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna feign ignorance. Oop, yeah. What? No. Yeah. Anyway, the other yeah. thing I we, think we know. <laughs> Look, we know. Yeah, you I guys, know. you guys are cool. If yeah, if our if our podcast becomes that big that we become, they have to we re-edit under scrutiny. I will gladly chop the ends off of the yeah, uh, off literally of the everything. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. But yeah, the other thing I was going to say before we get into talking about the movie, there's not a whole lot of like details about the movie itself. No, that, it's just that ridiculous. That much fun, but uh is at this point what what I think would be more of an issue and I think was an issue, an issue at the time is a, a cultural appropriation issue where like if you're a white guy performing rap music is kind of like once again like Led Zeppelin ripping off the black artists but this is in like the the same time it's not ripping off the actual song itself but it is taking something that grew out of black culture and putting a white face on it and taking credit and i mean there's i can count on one hand the number of white rappers that had any significance there's the beastie boys yeah. and then there's um uh, uh, what's his name from uh, up in detroit the uh, the uh, uh, Slim M&M. Shady, yeah, Eminem, yeah. and um, the uh, for for serious consideration, and then there's what? I, th- I mean, Vanilla Ice, maybe. I mean, it's not the thing is, is like this this style of music. It's kind of not okay to do it if you're a white guy. Is that right? Is that wrong? I don't know. I'm not here to say any either way, but it's. It's kind of by its very nature sort of seems a little bit inauthentic and clownish to me to see a white guy doing something like acting like a contemporary black guy. Yeah, I mean, it's not fair necessarily to Vanilla Ice's talent or to Eminem's talent to to do that to them. But in a weird way, though, it's like it's like they were products of the same like the same community and the same background as all of the black guys that were doing the same thing. Yeah, and the and the I'm people not s- the contemporaries at the time of like the Beastie Boys were friends with them and they all performed on one another's records and Right. Well, the Beastie Boys at least I feel like they had a bit of a different sound and a, a point of view. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like when you listen to their stuff, you kind of can see that they were doing something a little different. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I think they weren't trying to act like like LL Cool J. Right. You know? Yeah. And Vanilla Ice more or less was just doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. but I think, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that like he grew up in an, in a black neighborhood with black friends, breakdancing in, you know, in black clubs, opening for black acts. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, well, as a cultural appropriation, if the culture that you are from is, is basically a black culture. You just happen to be the white guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, but I think it, with that, at least the music part of it, and I promise we'll get we'll get to the movie here soon. But with the music part of it, the fact that there is a long history of white people ripping off black people's music, and the fact that we're more—I uh, hate—I hate to misuse the word woke, but let's just say the fact that we're more as a culture, it seems that we're more woke today than we were twenty years ago. That it's a, a little more difficult to look at this kind of thing and say, hey. Hey, you know that's okay because he grew up in that environment. At the yeah, same no, time, no, you're kind of going like, you know, dude, I get it, really, I get it. And let, I, let 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 the black folks have their own thing, and right? You, you know, you don't need to cash in on that. You know, that's like like you know, cash in. But see, this is the thing: the, the whole pop music environment was really different back then. And, and what the other thing I was going to say is, uh, it was around this time that Nirvana made their huge breakthrough, yeah. And it was like a big rock revival. Mm-hmm. Rock music was kind of dead. 
in the late 80s, early 90s. The whole sort of like new wave kind of thing went away and it was all about like pop dance music. It was all about like Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson and it was about rap and hip hop music and rock music had devolved, at least as I see it, into like hair metal and Mm -hmm. like uh, sort of like retreads of, of like punk rock and of new wave music. And then all of a sudden Nirvana and the grunge groups burst on the scene and and all of that led to all kinds of problems like, you know, with like Nickelback and, you know, like all kinds of gross stuff that happened later on. But well, it was like grunge and industrial because that's like Nine Inch Nails and stuff came out then too. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so this was at a time when music was kind of at a little bit of a standstill, at least what I would what Eric, old man Eric would consider to be pop music was kind of at a standstill. And this was sort of like the crest of that wave, you know, where everybody was kind of like, uh, really, it's come to this. And it's like, oh, no, now we got some rock and roll to listen to again. So like, but if you wanted to make your mark in the pop music world at this point, what were you going to do? You'd have to be in a hair metal band or like <laughs> go like Vanilla Ice and try and rap, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, the thing is, is that that I think the problem with Vanilla Ice is that he was just like all of the wrong things, but he was really good at being all of the wrong things at the same time. And he was kind of an idiot. Yeah. And Vanilla Ice came to prominence as a musician or as a... He was a like a showman, he really. Was a, he was a showman. He's not a musician. I don't think no. there's any... There's no, there's just no argument you can make for him to be a musician. There's just none. He There's nothing musical about him. He's a good dancer. Actually, he's a really good dancer. He's a decent rapper, and he can put on a really good show. But his songs are fucking boring and bad. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a matter of opinion, I uh, think. Yeah, I, I... Yes, it is a matter of opinion. Yes, you're exactly right. Um, my opinion is that his songs are boring and bad and that there are other songs that are very similar at the same time that I would enjoy a whole lot more than listening to what he was doing. I think his performance in the movie Vanilla uh, Ice... Cool as Ice <laughs> cool is as the ice. movie that we're talking about. Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby, Cool as Ice. It's all about the ice, man. Yes. As in, and he has a song called Iceman. Iceman. I think what he did, does in this movie is kind of like the best... Thing that he does. I mean, I, I I like him in this movie way better than I like any of his songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I will give him this credit. Uh, he is actually quite good on camera in general. Both in this movie, he he's very engaging on camera, and that that can't necessarily always be said for entertainers who are good on stage and who are musicians or singers or rappers or whoever. Like he's very good on camera, and you know nowadays. Uh, you know, current times, he has his own show where he's like, a, he fixes up houses and stuff. He's like a contractor. It's like a reality show. Oh, so that sort of fits in with his old like construction yeah, the, uh, it, site uh, sort of like uh, oh, in montage the movie? in the yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's called the Vanilla Ice Project. And it's actually, he's very good at what he's doing in the show because unfortunately, spoilers, Vanilla Ice fell on some hard times after his career kind of tanked and he was basically working as a contractor for a while. So, he has a lot of knowledge about building shit and uh this show that I think it's on the it's either on like the the uh HG network, like the Home Garden network or like the Do It Yourself network or one of these like networks where it's like let's like, build a fucking house. Like free cable where it's like 50% commercials and yeah, 50% something like shot, that. Yeah. But uh if you look if you find it, it's just it's like him fixing up houses. It's like this old house but with vanilla ice. And he's quite good on the show. He's well-spoken and he looks good doing his his projects and shit. So what we're saying is we want to kind of rehabilitate the 
a image of vanilla ice. All he's well, he's done a good job of rehabilitating his own image. I should say, like he doesn't need anybody to do that at this point. Modern day vanilla ice. He did a lot of work because he took a really big fall. Like after this movie, not as big as Hammer. No, no, Hammer got in trouble with the IRS and shit. He he lost a lot of money. Vanilla Ice also lost a lot of money and and had a little bit of a drug problem. And he did a like a weird Rastafarian thing for a while. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and the less we know about that, the better. Yeah, there's a whole it's a whole bad chapter in his life. He was also I think he was on. Uh, he was Madonna's boyfriend for a while. Yeah, that was before. He the, was in the sex book. He this is was in the a sex thing. book. Mm-hmm. For those of you too young to remember, Madonna released a book of black and white photography called Sex. Yeah, it was titillating. Back in like 1989 or 1990 or Somewhere around there, yeah. And uh, it was like, you know, you, it was like behind the counter at bookstores and stuff. And it had like explicit photos in it. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw Vanilla Ice Totally Nude in it. I, I saw the, the book. Uh, I didn't have a copy of it, but I saw the book. I don't remember Vanilla being in it. I was in middle school, so. Oh, you weren't allowed to see that kind of smut. I just remember them talking about it on the news and, and you know, I was <laughs> I was in like eighth grade, I think. And I, even back then, I was like, who the fuck cares? It's just naked people. Yeah. Because the through line of my life story is always like, I don't understand why naked people are such a big deal, everybody. Like, mm. what the fuck? Because yeah. nude. Anyway, yeah. look, we should talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie. So what happens in Cool as Ice, nothing, Eric? Nothing happens. No. Uh, so Vanilla Ice, and it opens on a performance of Vanilla Ice in a nightclub. And Naomi Campbell is singing with the show. Yeah. It's and the only thing. She's credited. Like, I think she gets the third build credit in the, the credits that are rolling. Yeah. She is only in the opening bit. And he's singing a Vanilla Ice song. I don't know what it's called. It's boring and it's it's pointless. But there's a lot of dancing and flashing lights and it's shot like a music video. And it, it looks, looks great. great. Yeah, it looks I really good. Say. And Naomi Campbell doesn't throw cell phones at anyone. No. Not a not, single not on person. camera. Not on camera. She Probably doesn't. off camera, though, because that's what she does off camera. I don't know. What were, what were cell phones like back in 1991? They, they I don't were, remember. I think they were kind of, they were the brick kind. Were they the brick kind? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the, the flip phone hadn't come out yet. The StarTac mm. hadn't come out yet. Not yet. Mm-mm. They were yeah. still the brick kind. So yeah. you could actually do some damage if you got hit by a brick phone. I had a brick phone for a while. I had a pager. Well, you were a doctor. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had to have a pager. I yeah. tried not to have a phone for the longest time anyway that's not that's Doesn't not matter. there so he's he's performing and he's there with his the vips or whatever yeah. and uh doing the song and the and the credits roll you know and they're like these neon letters over this flashing light background it's and it's so like, 90s it is very very 90s it's great it's it all neon and flashing yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's it's really something and then they're getting ready to leave the club and some sexy girl comes up to him and gives him her number writes it on a little napkin puts it in his, in his coat pocket or writes it on a little card or something gives yeah. it to him whatever it's, you know yeah. what that's and just like Tuesday for Vanilla Ice 
I know. I mean, it's it only, it comes into play later on in the film a little bit, but it's it's like a one liner. Yeah, it's the, her name's so, Monique. Yeah, and so I guess they're the and so he and his posse all travel without their equipment. I guess I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, they don't, where's their crates of records and stuff? I mean, like they just show up and there's records there. It doesn't matter. Whatever. They're like they're like wandering, traveling DJ dancer people. They okay. don't care. They well, just wander from place to place. Nilla, it just, it's just there. I'm gonna call him Nilla. Are you? Yeah, I think all his friends probably called him Nilla. I don't think they did. Nilla. Okay, you hey, can Nilla. do that. I'm not going to. I'll call him VI. So VI and his posse are riding on these like custom like uh, like cafe bikes. They're like um, crotch like, rocket. Yeah, crotch rocket Rice bikes. Rice burner yeah, type yeah. bikes. Yeah. They're riding along and they're really nice actually yeah they're very cool they're very cool very they're, but they're all in like super duper 90s colors i really like uh, the one that breaks down that they have to fix yeah the yeah, striped yeah. one yeah good. it's like black and chartreuse, chartreuse like mm-hmm. zigzag like zebra stripes it's really something it's great look all if, the cowling and stuff on there is all like chartreuse and black if i was gonna own a motorcycle which i'm not ever because i'm not gonna i'm bad at balancing on things and moving really fast on a thing like that, I would just break everything. Yeah, I'm too old and stupid. I'd be dead in a week. Well, you already got a rock in your hand from having a motorcycle. Yeah, that's a story for another time, but yeah, yeah sure, it's true. Anyway, uh... That's the kind of bike I'd have. Yeah, I'd, it, you'd never lose it. You'd be, you'd never have the question of where did I pike, park my bike because it'd be like, oh, it's right there. So they're riding through the country and going somewhere, maybe to the next gig. I'm not sure. Who knows? There, but uh, along the side of the road, we see a young woman on horseback riding along, like to the side of the road. But there's a there's like a fence separating the ditch on the side of the road from like a path that she's riding this horse on, and she's sort of like she looks kind of like jennifer connelly but she's not but she's not her name um, is kelly minter yeah she's a, a perfectly beautiful young lady who's clearly not in high school although she's supposed to be a high school girl and somehow uh vi vanilla like, ice he, he jumps his bike over the fence and crashes in like doesn't crash he he lands right in front of the horse like he jumps over the, the fence at the side of the road, lands in front of the horse, causes the horse to rear up in fear and terror and dump the young lady off and almost kills her or breaks her limbs or something. But she's okay. Mm-hmm. But she's and- pissed because the horse could have like seriously injured her yeah and vi like jumps off his bike and he says hey hey yo okay and she hits him and he goes oh wow and she says yeah i'm okay are you okay and he says i was up until now yeah that's this is basically how he does this this is all of the dialogue in this movie is all as if like a uh i i was joking with eric while we were watching the movie the uh the teenage boys that wrote um under siege and other movies like under siege like hard ticket to hawaii uh the action movies are like oh man what if this happened and this happened well like one of them i'm just gonna call him jimmy like jimmy after they wrote those movies was like hey guys what if we wrote like a romantic comedy movie and the like the other guys are like no romantic comedies dude you you know what you write it yourself and he was like i will and it's gonna star my favorite my favorite rap artist vanilla ice and there were all the other boys laughed at him and then he wrote cool as ice 
And mm-hmm. that's why everything sounds like it does. It's essentially a fan fiction written by a 12-year-old boy about his favorite rap artist, Vanilla Ice, and this girl that he has a crush on in, like, a homeroom. So, to recap, he jumps his bike, knocks her off the horse, and almost kills her. She punches him, and he says, I was okay until now. That's, and, then, and that's the delivery. That's Eric's the delivery. Eric's not exaggerating. Right. That is how he delivers And then she lies. says to him, she says, oh, I'm sorry, did I hurt you? And he says, I'll get over it. You hit pretty good for a girl. Yeah. And she's charmed by this. This is how, this uh, is the meat cute. Yeah. This is the meat cute. She's um, <clears throat> driving her horse, according mm. to Vanilla Ice. <laughs> driving your she's horse. driving her horse, uh-huh. and uh, this all happens. Yeah. And he recovers her address book because, of course, it falls out of her jacket or wherever the fuck she's carrying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instead of giving it back to her, he like hangs on to it. Yeah. So okay. you can read it mm-hmm. like a fucking creeper. Yeah. There's a lot of creepy, like, no, like bad touch moments in this movie that are played off as being charming um all of which as like eric turned to me and was like if i did this we've been together for almost six years if i did this you would be just horrified horrified and disturbed and right angry and angry and i yes. was like yes, yes all of those things yes <laughs> yes so a part of that is also because we've been together for six years i mean there might have been a window in there no when I, never when I, no i mean no. like holding on to an address book like okay fine whatever it's not a big deal it's but sort like of weird like sticking your fingers in my mouth with a piece of ice always going to be disturbing yeah. never going to be okay no <laughs> but we'll get to that <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that Okay, so V.I. and his posse are, they get back on their bikes and go back down the road. And one of the guys, the guy with the, the chartreuse motorcycle has motorcycle trouble. And so they decide that they need to go, they need to tow him along until they can find some place to repair it. And then they decide, then the first garage they find is uh, what exactly? It, it's, it's some sort of weird designer place. Who the fuck knows what this house is? Okay. But it yeah. is bizarre to to just it's like if peewee's playhouse was real uh but instead of having like talking furniture and such it was just mismatched everything and oversized well, it, it's like the memphis design group from the 80s which was an italian thing and it has nothing to do with memphis tennessee okay or memphis egypt all right i don't know i don't okay it was I, a, I don't know this thing but okay you, you, you probably do know it you just don't know the name of it okay but it was it was a thing in the 80s this sure. design group and it had a very very influential effect on interior design industrial design architectural design home furnishing design and everything was about neon light and glass blocks and triangles and uh, stenciled shapes and light up asymmetrical globes. things. Yes, I mean it was doors just, that go to nowhere. Yeah, oversized uh, salt and pepper shakers. Yeah, and there was some sort of a retro element to it. It was Green kind eggs. of a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. Sardine I, and pineapple sandwiches. Yeah, I mean the, the crazy old people. No, no, no. I don't think it really encompassed that the, oh. the whole the whole Memphis arts movement. But it, th- that's what this was kind of inspired by. After the after the film was over, while Megan was going to get a sandwich, I got a sandwich. Yeah, I it did not have sardines, pineapple, mustard, or peanut butter on it. Yeah, one of one of the VI posse makes a sandwich like that. 
while uh, "Don't Worry, Be Happy" is playing in the background. It's, There's some 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 fake version of "Don't Worry." It's a be fake happy. version because it's not. They weren't going to pay royalties to anybody yeah, except it, Vanilla Ice. This is nice. Vanilla Ice and Donna Summer. That's it. Those are the only and Sly Sly Stone. Yeah, yeah. So so, but I saw the the trailer and the trailer was like they show like a, a little bit of clips from the, the trailer is one of these trailers from the time where it shows the entire film like the a whole thing just a little bit out of order but i mean like every single beat in the movies in the trailer but that's not the important part the the beginning narration is like in a town with attitudes from the 50s houses from the 60s and it shows this weird memphis style like 90s house and music from the 70s and it's like this like the weird group that's playing in the sugar shack it's like a guy in like like double knit slacks pants. yeah they're like pulled they're up like, to his tits yeah it's, and there's like it's just there's weird. like twins playing like bc rich bass I and guitar know more. i just i want to know more about the twins it has nothing first of all i've seen this movie so many times i've never noticed that there were twins playing bass and guitar in this band and i was like what the town doesn't really have attitudes from the 50s no. unless you count like they're like they're boring ass boring. white people yeah, yeah okay so that's, white people. Right. the the design of the home is not at all from the 60s no it's from like cindy Lauper. and that music is not music from the 70s it is you know what that house reminds me of huh. that reminds me of uh, uh earth girls are easy a little bit. It or reminds like, me of the salon from Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah. Or the way that they were trying to remodel the house in Beetlejuice. Yes. Remember like Otto, what was uh -huh. that guy's name? And he was like, had all like those weird designs inside yeah. the house mm -hmm. and like a like a, a, a gable that had a hole in it that went to nowhere and yes. just was like mounted outside the house. That's the kind of style I'm talking about. Yeah. So- they stop at this gas station that is designed like this. Right. Um, and it's it's something to see, man. It's worth it, worth it to rent the movie just to see this house. And just think like, what? What was going on? Yeah. What? What's, and there's what two this? old people there. Yeah. Um, who like one looks like Mrs. Garrett. So yeah, the, the so the woman is not Mrs. Garrett. No, no. And the guy is like he's he's kind of Danny DeVito esque. He is, but he's a character actor named Sidney Lassick who's been in a million things. Yeah, and, uh, he was in Carrie, and he was in uh, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. One flew right? over the cuckoo's yeah. nest. Yeah, 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 that's probably the thing that most people would he's recognize. Kind of, him yeah, from. like a cartoon voice, and these old people, they're like, "We can fix your motorcycle." Yeah. And they're yeah they're straight out of the like central casting like sort like of quirky kooky Jersey esque and so they're like yeah okay let's uh, let's drop the motorcycle off so that we can fix it and then uh, uh, then what proceeds to happen is they just hang out there for like I don't know like a week right time one of, one of time the guys, has no meaning they just sit around eat food and just randomly dance right so one of the guys eats a sandwich which you can describe yeah it's cheap white bread peanut butter, sardines, mustard, pineapple rings, and pickles. And pickles. And uh the one of the girls eats green hard-boiled eggs with an oversized salt shaker. Yes. It's made to look like like via force perspective as though it's like sitting on the table close to the camera lens, but then she reaches to pick up the salt shaker and it's a comically large like clown-sized salt shaker. Yep. This is, right. this is your movie, guys. A gag. Yeah. Right. And this is so vanilla uh, Mr. Ice goes over to Kathy's place. Which is like across the street or something. Like right across the street. Maybe. No, I think he sees her. I don't think he knows where she lives. I think because it is like almost, it's just like right down the street a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So he sees her pull up with her boyfriend and he goes over there and he's like, 
hey, how are you doing? And the boyfriend's like, do you know this guy? And she goes like, no. And he goes, yep, yep. And this is one of his catchphrases. Yeah, yep, yep. Which is on his jacket, which is very convenient. Because and so if, the boyfriend, if, yeah. If he ever forgets it, it's he just has to look down at the shoulder and it's right there. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, let, we'll talk about the jacket in a minute. Yeah. I just want to give you a taste, more more of a taste of the dialogue. Oh, please do. So the boyfriend, who's a douchebag, looks at her, looks at him and goes, all right, what is it? Do you know one another or not? And she's like, um, let's just go inside. I don't want to waste his time. <laughs> And Vanilla's like, you're not wasting my time. I'm just chilling. Why don't you drop the zero and get with the hero? Yeah, there's a lot of good See lines. you later, Dick. And he goes, my name's Rick. Nick. Oh, yeah, Nick. My name's Nick. Oh, yeah, Nick. Yep. And then he walks off like all cool as ice. Yeah. He's, well, he's talking about his Roni. <laughs> what does that mean? We don't know. Well, What's I, a, is it pepperoni? No. No. It's, it's tenderoni. Tenderoni. He's talking about his Roni. Yeah. Tenderoni is what a, someone at that time might call their girlfriend. Yeah. I don't quite know what that comes from, but Roni. Um, yeah, uh, one of the Vanilla Ice songs. It's not in the movie, but there's a talking Vanilla Ice about his Roni. Talking about his Roni. Yeah, and so yep, yep. She's she's at this point. It's obvious that soon she will become his Roni. Yeah, because he's right. that charming. The dialogue you just heard is sweeping her off her feet. Her her four college heading. Uh, uh, you know, super smart person yeah feet yeah she goes in the house and they're watching television and she comes on it's like the local news and oh did we like, mention that her father is played by michael gross aka the dad from family ties aka burt gummer from tremors yeah the dude that had all the guns and stuff yeah, yeah. so yeah just picture that because that's that's kind of an important point in this movie cause... you know what he looked much better when he was on that show and he had a beard the bearded michael gross looks cooler than the unbearded michael gross he he does lose some of his power without the beard i will i will agree with you on that because then he just sort of looks he kind of looks like bert from uh from sesame street without <laughs> the beard i feel like it's like he loses like a lot of his face space without hair on his lower face mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just it's all like it's all head and no face so uh jennifer connelly look alike uh kelly minter kelly minter cat her name's cat yeah. her name is kathy well her name is kathy kathy but uh nilla calls her cat right oh yeah cat calls her and she's like what no one calls me that and he's like yeah I know. yeah your name's cat from now on that's yeah. my yeah, because that's what i do i give nicknames right yeah yeah and so cat and the family are sitting there watching because she was on the local news they interviewed her because she has a 4.0 grade point average and she believes that people can achieve anything if they work hard and she and has a horse a, and she has a horse and this is like big news in this small town yeah i they, mean because like they got nothing else she said like some kids today they say that they hate their parents but i don't hate my parents and I believe that with a lot of hard work, you can be anything in America. And they're like, wow, that's great. That's a real insight there. Let's talk to your father and see how they, how he, what he has to say about this. Right. And uh, it zooms over to, to her dad and he's kind of like shamefacedly hiding his face and going, well, you know, I, I'm very proud of her and blah, 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 blah. But it turns out that he's in the witness protection program from yep. something that we're not even going to go into the details about. Well, the quick the quick bit is he was a rookie cop. He saw something he shouldn't have. He ratted out people he shouldn't have, and therefore they put him in the witness protection program. Yeah, if this was the Shield, he would be the guy that got shot on the first episode of the Shield. Yes. Yeah. 
So look that up, you guys. So yeah, it's show. So, yeah, it's yeah, it is. It, you know, the first couple of seasons were pretty good, and then it's then it gets long, a little long in the tooth. It a little gets bit. a little weird, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So so now like there's a, some sort of a conflict set up, and we kind of then we sort of move into Act Two. Nilla comes back over to the house and says he <laughs> he leaps over the fence. You can kind of tell like his mood by how he crosses onto the property, right? Because like when he first gets there, he kind of vaults and spins into the like he kind of puts his hands down on the fence, jumps up sideways, and kind of like whirls around and then lands, right? And then he goes up to the door and knocks once. And then stands there. And when he knocks, there's like a sound effect. It's like a record scratch, like that. Yeah. He anytime he punches anyone, knocks on anything, it's it's always like uh what was the song that you were saying? Oh yeah, when he punches, it's like the orchestra hit from Owner of a Lonely Heart, yeah. you know? Yeah. Bam! That that sound, that the he orchestra did, hit sound. He never does anything without a sound effect. So uh all of it is ridiculous. Yeah. It's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anytime he leaps over the fence in a capricious manner, it's he's having a good day. Yeah. He's happy. Yeah. But when he's sad, he just goes through the gate like an like, ordinary person. Like a normal person. <laughs> mm-hmm. He comes up to the door and he says, Ha! I'm here to see cat. <laughs> and and the mom's there at the door and she's like, I'm sorry, we don't have a cat. He's like, Oh, I mean Kathy. And she's like, oh, Kathy's not here right now. And then Kathy's little brother is like, wow, there's a cool guy standing here and he's wearing a cool jacket. Oh, my God. So tell us about the jacket, Megan. Gowns, gowns, beautiful. Okay, so it is a custom leather jacket. Like, Vanilla Ice was very much known to wear in his music videos that has a lot of, like, words on it. Um, Word to your mother, however, is not on it. This one has a number of descriptive words, uh, including, yep, yep, it's on one shoulder. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sex me up. Sex me up is on there. That's true. Down by law. Down by law is on the back. That is that is true. I believe deep was on one of it. Deep, yeah. Deep was on on part of it. Rollin was on it. Uh, What's it say in the back of his collar? It's like uh, I can't remember. It's like know. it's like you see it on the back of his collar while he delivers that actual line to someone in the film. Yeah, there's a lot of words on it, but anyway, it's a black leather jacket with white writing all the fuck over it, and it's it's weird. It's kind of like watching like a magic eight ball on screen because well he's got a t-shirt with an eight ball on it he does he does have a t-shirt with an eight ball on it but like because like he'll be delivering lines or dancing or like riding his motorcycle or whatever and like whatever angle he's currently at there's like a phrase and you're like oh i can read his jacket and his mind at the same time Mm -hmm. oh we should also mention um that the director of photography for this film cool as ice later went on to be the dp for such films as schindler's list uh, what were the other ones? Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan and Minority Report. So just in case you were wondering if anyone got out of this hellhole alive and in one piece, he did. And I'll tell you what, I've seen this film more than I've seen those three films put together. This is true. Because you only need to see Schindler's List once, and you only need to see Saving Private Ryan once. And Eric hates Minority Report. And I only saw Minority Report once because I hate that movie. It's not because the photography was bad in any of those movies. It's just that uh, Nazis, number one, Nazis, number two, death, and number three, 
Tom Cruise in a in a terrible science fiction uh, adaptation. We should probably do that one for the show because I'll be like the one person in the world who hates that movie. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't hate it, mm. but Eric really does. <laughs> if you watch it again, you might change your mind. Yeah. So the, that guy got out okay. Yeah, he was fine. No one else survived. He this, was this, totally fine. This movie won the Razzie for the worst movie of the year. No, no, no. It no, didn't. it was nominated. It was nominated for like eleven Razzies. The only one that it won was worst new star, which was for Vanilla Ice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a number of other categories got uh, got Cool as Ice nominations in them, including Worst Movie, but they were not to win. Only Worst New Star was awarded to Vanilla Ice. So yeah, so the little brother is like smitten with this cool guy because they're from the square white bread suburban town, you know, where they don't lock the doors or anything like that. You and know, so, a lot of things in this movie would have been solved if they had fucking locked their doors and windows. If they had locked the doors or windows and or let Kathy explain herself. anything, anything, anything more than one sentence. She's always like, let me explain. Shh. No. Don't explain. No. We don't want to hear your words. But if I just say two thi- two sentences, Dad, no. you'll totally- But please let no. me- No. Also, we are not going to tell the secret of our backstory to you, child, who mm. is an obviously 26-year-old woman. Yeah. We are not going to explain why we are being unreasonable about certain things, mm-hmm. no. because reasons- yeah. 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 No one needs to know things. <laughs> Moving on. I'm rolling my eyes right now because this is the part that this is the thing in the movie that really is bad. No one will talk about their ronies. <sighs> no one. Yeah. Ronies are prohibited. Well, they're just, they're trying to tell this, this simple story. And it's one of these, uh, Roger Ebert used to call it the idiot plot, which was if any one person in the movie would stop being an idiot just for a little bit. The whole thing would fall apart. It's the whole movie requires everyone to behave like an idiot and not mm-hmm. be paying attention to what's going on. Yep. This is not quite to the idiot plot level, but it's one of these deals where it's like if somebody would just explain what was going on, then the whole thing would just fall apart like like wet toilet paper. You know, yeah. it just would just crumble. Anyhow, the, the little boy is like smitten with this dude. And he's like, I could tell you where my sister is. She's at the sugar shack. I hate this child. Yeah, he's kind of an obnoxious little stinker. Yeah. He's not he's, he's not a bad kid. He's just he's just he's they were, annoying. They were, like central casting in the 80s and 90s for like younger kid brother. There was just like this bucket of like horrible children that they would just cast. And I'm sure yeah, that I can owe that all to Steven Spielberg. Maybe. Yeah, it all goes back to him. Look, I didn't have a little brother growing up, but like I can only imagine that this is like what having a little brother is. I had two little brothers. It wasn't like that. Well, I don't know. You're a boy. Mm, yeah, I guess. Anyhow, so he goes to the. So he talked. Yeah. So he goes to the sugar shack. And yeah, play, okay. There's we'll, skip sh- the, we'll skip the part where he talks to the two cops no, who are. Yeah, okay. All right. So. Yeah, see? <laughs> Exact same reaction as I had. So, okay, (laughs) I'm going to summarize the actual plot part of this movie because it's so we don't have to go back to it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Please do that for me. So remember how the this 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 show is going to go on longer than the whole movie. Well, it's because you keep wanting to do all of Vanilla Ice's like dialogue. I can't help it. I know. Stupid. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So the the plot part of this movie. I told you that there's like witness protection shit. Well, what's his ass was on TV. Michael Gross was on TV. Uh, and so the people that he ratted on that got him sent into the witness protection program, they just happened to be tuned in to that news report because it's a slow news day. And they're like, oh, now we know where he lives. So we're going to go and find him and look him up and threaten him because we need money for some reason. Um, because he got money? 
Question mark? Who cares? So they drive up and they just start parking in front of the family's house and threatening him. And then eventually they kidnap the small child, the boy, and hold him for ransom at a construction site, which Vanilla Ice figures out where the child is and saves him. And then everything's cool, even though Michael Gross doesn't like Vanilla Ice, but they come to an agreement to like let bygones be bygones. But for a large portion of this film, Michael Gross thinks Vanilla Ice is in cahoots with these two assholes because for one brief moment at the towards the beginning of this whole stupid plot vanilla ice makes fun of these two guys and michael gross sees the three of them talking that's the whole plot and there's just there's a couple other like coincidence moments that sort of like sure who cares kind of like doesn't even matter yeah michael gross seems to think that vanilla ice is in on this thing that's all you guys need to know it doesn't matter but it's coloring his opinion of him and he doesn't want cat Kathy, whatever the fuck her name is, to be with Vanilla Ice because of these reasons. So we've gone over that, the main plot of the movie. Now we don't have to talk about it anymore. Oh and you can God. just listen to Eric do Vanilla Ice impressions now for the rest of the movie, the, the show. Man, Megan, I cannot thank you enough. You are welcome. Please and, you talk know, about all, your own. All of our listeners, you really need to thank Megan. Send, send her some thank you notes because. Just rate and review us on iTunes, guys. <laughs> rate and review us on iTunes. Be, if you be like the our first. show, be the first to do it. Oh. We, we ask you. We haven't been rated on iTunes no or Stitcher one, Radio. No, no one, one ever has done that. Nobody's nobody's rated us. Not even once or reviewed us. Wow, wow! Yeah. And we've got a, a bunch of fans in Japan and everything. I know. Twenty five percent of our, our listeners are in Japan, and it's not like we only have ten listeners. We've got hundreds of listeners. We know. We know that you're out there. We yeah. see the statistics. Rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. We even recorded a new outro so that maybe if you didn't want to hear Eric saying that, you could listen to me say it. Mm. It makes We're not sense. angry with you fans. We're just disappointed. We're just disappointed. None of you guys love us enough to rate and review us. Or just rate us. You don't even have to put words down. Just click the stars. There's so many stars. Anyway. Well, I don't feel like going on with the show. Let's just, I'm just end it right here. You can do more vanilla ice impressions if oh, we go goody. on with okay, the show. Okay, so good. So they, he goes to the sugar, he goes to the sugar shack. Yes. Which is where all the kids hang out in the s- small town America. You mean all of the at. young middle-aged people? Yes, young middle-aged that people. That are children. Right. And yeah. there's a band playing there and they're terrible. There's twins playing BC rich guitars. One's playing a guitar, one's playing a bass. And there's a singer who's wearing like leisure suit pants and and they're doing like sly stones. Thank, Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Fletten me. Be mice elf again. That's how it's. That's how it's written. Yeah. Yeah. That's how the song. That's the actual song title. Oh. Thank you. Fletten me. B, the letter B. Uh-huh. Mice like, like three blind mice like squeaky mice. Yeah. Elf again. Thank you for letting me be myself again. And they're doing a really, really bad, slow version of it. And Vanilla Ice is not amused. No. Neither are any of the patrons of the place either. Everyone is hating everything. Yeah, all the young people are standing around, and a douchey boyfriend has got like he smuggled in some liquor, and he's trying to get his girlfriend liquored up, and she's like, "No, I'm not drinking. I'm underage." <laughs> she is not. She hasn't seen underage in at least five years. She is twenty six. Not to say that she doesn't look young and beautiful. She is very. She's a very attractive actress. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. The, the person that they wanted for this movie was Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow's father forbade her from doing the film because he thought it would destroy her career. Mm. I'm not saying that her father was right, but good on you, Bruce. Yeah. Good on you. Thanks. We got goop. 
because of you. Goop. That's her magazine, right? Goop. Oh, I don't fucking know. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. She's, I, a, she's a weirdo. I ignore Gwyneth Paltrow. She wants you to keep a jade egg in your vagina for some reason. What? I just know that like she seems to- <laughs> You I haven't know, read that? No. I mean, how is it that I know that and you don't know that? All I know is that like she seems to think that for $20, you can like you can buy groceries and-, and <laughs> at the, You can buy a bunch of fresh cilantro and six limes. <laughs> yeah, she seems to think that you can like for $20, like have like all these fresh groceries groceries for like the week and she doesn't understand why people yeah. are starving yeah. i don't know she's fucking you know what she's if vanilla ice is on like a little planet like the little fucking prince Gwyneth paltrow is also on a little planet and it's filled with cilantro and limes <laughs> and avocados fuck you oh, Gwyneth paltrow maybe like you should have been in this movie it's a delicious planet to be on i guess but- you know, I don't know. Anyway. She probably doesn't have tortilla chips unless they're like like made by her own like staff. They okay. like have their own corn grown out in the back and yeah, it's grind fun. it. And- it's, yeah. It's, there's a little workshop. It's filled with children. <laughs> they're grinding corn by hand. Sad Mexican children yeah. working for Gwyneth Paltrow's sweatshop. She pays, okay. she pays them 20. She gives them a bag of groceries she thinks is worth $20 <laughs> every week. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a jade egg. Oh, Put my- it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a vagina here just put it in your ass go yeah here, go take forth a, take a jade yoni egg <laughs> in lieu of payment this is a weird fucking episode yeah we're never gonna get to like the, we have you, you told the story we don't have to tell the story it's true we don't we but, don't have to tell the story but we haven't gotten to the construction site date and that's really the that's really the key that's scene. my favorite part of the, the key scene in this movie it's the actual part of the film that i say that i actually I, I like it for non-ironic reasons. All I right, just, okay. I find it cute. Continue, continue. I um, won't talk about Gwyneth Paltrow and her and groceries. They're anymore. at the Sugar Shack, and this terrible music is playing. And Vanilla Ice grabs the mic and puts on a little show. And um, and oh, Cat sort of flirts with him and dances with him a little bit because he's putting on a good show, and it's way better than the music that was there. And her boyfriend is acting like an asshole. Yeah, he is. And so that so she leaves, and then the boyfriend is like downright abusive to her, and she's like, "Fuck you, I'm gonna walk home." And the boyfriend is upset. So she's walking home down the middle of the street when all of a sudden, like Vanilla Ice drives up on a motorcycle because the the bad guys were tailing her slow in their Cadillac car or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, get on. And she's like, what? Get on. And she jumps on the bike and they he pops a wheelie and drives on out of there and takes her home. I should mention, in case you're unfamiliar with Vanilla Ice's biography, that he was a three-time motocross champion and that uh, throughout his teenage years, he competed in many motocross events. And until he and up and until he broke his ankle doing motocross, that was seemed to be perhaps his career choice as a professional motocross racer. Hmm. Well, his broken ankle didn't slow down his dancing at all. It did not. For sure. It did not. But Holy anyhow. Cow, that guy can dance. Anyhow. Yeah. So he takes her home. He's like, so what are we doing tomorrow? And he does this thing with her ha- with his hands. And she says, I don't know. What's up for tomorrow? And she does this thing with her hands, kind of like making fun of him. And that's actually kind of cute, you know? And he says, well, let's spend the day. And then, so she goes to bed dreaming of him and she wakes up the next day oh my god she's lying there sleeping in bed looking charming like an angel with all of her makeup on yeah in her perfectly white room with white candles and white lampshades and white bedding and she's wearing and white color pajamas co- color coordinated fish in a and a fishbowl black wavy hair and her lipstick lips and then like some cold water drips into her mouth and then fingers put an ice cube into her mouth while she's asleep which causes her to wake up and she breathes out a little puff of like condensed, like like cold steam from 
the ice cube puffs out from between her delicately parted lips. And instead of going like, ah, what the hell are you doing here? God damn, what do you, oh, she goes, oh, no. How did you get in here? No, mm-mm, nope, not the reaction any woman would have to A, number one, an ice cube being shoved in her mouth while she was unconscious. That's just not going to happen. Because first off, there's fingers in my mouth that are not mine, that I am un... Uh, like, they're unwelcome. Unwelcome fingers with ice in my mouth while I'm unconscious. No. Cool as ice, though. F- fuck you and your cool as iceness. <laughs> Number two, um, this is yet another reason why you need to lock your window at night, people. Otherwise, like, vanilla ice is going to be in your bedroom. He's going to be in bed with you. Do you, do you <laughs> Or someone less appealing than vanilla ice. Do you need vanilla ice in bed with you? I mean, in, I don't know. Maybe you're a hardcore vanilla ice fan and this is like your dream come true. So for you, yes, this is great. This is perfect. This is everything you've ever wanted. But like most people would wake up and be like, there is a former rap star in bed with me and he's putting um, ice cubes <laughs> in my in my gob. <laughs> like wh- why? You know, why it, is this? What What is my life now? How did I come? to this conclusion it's not like she's in love with him no they just met they just met they met like a day ago and then there's a man in her room no that's when you are screaming and you're calling the police even you know even if you're in love with a guy you don't you don't want to wake up and see him standing over you in your room no freak you the fuck out yes yeah, because here's the thing, like, even when I first started dating Eric, if, if like, within the first few dates of, of me dating Eric, Eric suddenly was standing over me and, like, shoving things in my mouth, I would probably have screamed and then thrown him out of my apartment. Yeah, yeah, because rightfully so. I didn't give him a key to my apartment. How did you get in here? Yeah. Why are you here? Why are you staring at me while I sleep? You are not Edward, what's his fa- face Colin, from right. fucking Twilight. Mm-hmm. You are not a sparkly vampire. Also, that's creepy too. And ugh, no, so many no's. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. But then comes the thing, they, they go on a date together for a daytime date. Well, and, and the, the other thing was, is she's like, I need to change because she's A, not wearing pants and B, like she needs to put clothes on so that they can go out. And he's like, that's fine. She's like, well, I'm going to change in front of you if you don't leave the room. And he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. And she says, you don't you think like, I won't do it. There's like a detente there. Like, yeah. I'm going to do it. And he's so she like, starts unbuttoning her shirt. And then the little boy comes in. And, and he's like, like Did, were you here all night? And like blocked. Yeah. There's just like a lot of like, okay, everybody out of the room except me. I live here. This is my room. I'm going to be here. You guys go. Keep your ice cube wet fingers and your, your little boy brother bullshit. About everybody out. Just Are get you every- finished sexing up each no, other? No, no. Everybody go. Everybody go away. Get out. Get out. Get out, everybody out. Everyone out. So okay. They, but then they go on their day date together, which involves riding around in a motorcycle. They go out to a construction site to As have like do. a little- And yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're like hanging out and there's nothing really to do in town and there's a built there's a building being built but there's no one working on the house today for some reason except that machine was working yeah there was like some sort of like a pile driver machine working in the distance and you could hear it bang bang banging on the ground which is important because that's how vanilla ice knows where the little boy has been captured and taken yeah so it's sort of check off smoking hey at least bothered to put in a setup and a payoff of something in this this is true this is like 
a lesser movie wouldn't even bother to do that. I know. They are they are establishing Vanilla Ice's sleuthing <laughs> capabilities. Vanilla Ice would then go on to have a career as a private investigator. I kind of would like that to have been... V-I-P-P-I. Oh my God. That's better than Baywatching Nights. Oh man, that would be great. I want that. <laughs> Vanilla Ice, will you become a P.I.? The world's greatest detective. He could oh have, my God. He could have the ice cave or something. Oh yeah. my God. It would be like Vanilla Ice would be like on the scene. And they'd be like, he'd bust the crime, and then the VIP dancers would come in, and they'd be dancing, 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 yeah. and then they're like, he'd drag him off. He could have like a secret lair, and he could have like, uh, like all kinds of like, like recording instruments there. But he could also have like bat cave type things, like crime solving computers and stuff, and like a guy that like works on the computer and says we're in and all that. That'd be like his whole posse. It, yeah, no, there'd be like computer computer banks, and mm-hmm. there'd be like a guy that's like actually like using the computer like a computer thing, and yeah. then like right next to him, it'd be like his DJ. With the like turntables, like yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, guys, this is the best idea ever for for Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice, please stop doing your Vanilla Ice project and become a PI because it would be it would make me happy. Yeah, well, so so they're sitting together and having a little chat, and this is like time for character development. But no, we get no character development other than the cat uh, says, a- you know, like, well, my family loves me, and I feel warm link toward them. <laughs> And then Vanilla Ice says, like, you got to be true to yourself or you can't be true to anyone. It's deep. Yeah. And she's like, wow, you're a smart guy. And then it breaks into a music video where they play another Vanilla Ice song that sounds like Marky Mark Feel the Vibrations. And they kind of like play hide and seek in and around this construction site of this house that's been framed, but there's no walls in place. Right. And they both look really, really cute. And they both look really, really happy. And it looks like they had really a lot of fun shooting it. Uh, and it's I think it's kind of charming, I have to say. The fact that they're both too old to be doing this, you kind of have to suspend your disbelief. And the fact that it's so like like artistically shot and the fact that they both look so like beautiful and composed, you also have to kind of suspend your disbelief. But still it's kinda cute. She teaches him how to ride a horse, he teaches her uh, how to uh, um, excuse me, drive a horse. She teaches him how to drive a horse, he teaches her how to drive a motorcycle, and then he takes her home and oh then she kisses him. Yeah, she does. She kisses him. He was not he didn't kiss her. He didn't try to grab her. He didn't try anything inappropriate other than sneaking in her window and putting an ice cube in her mouth. Well, look. look. But, I mean, he didn't He didn't do anything like overtly sexual. He's a to gentleman. Her sexy Eric. parts. He's a gentleman. Breaking mm-hmm. and entering, that's fine. Shoving ice cubes in her gob, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Kissing her, he's a gentleman. Gentlemen yeah. do not force themselves upon ladies. Just ice cubes. They just force ice cubes upon ladies. Yeah. I like the first kiss, too. It's not contrived. It's not anything like that. She just sees him and like goes over and lays one on. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's cute. Uh, I honestly think it's cute. And I think that she's charming and he's charming. And I think they both come across really good in this little bit of stuff. It's corny. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. But I still think it's cute. So sue me. Anyhow, the little kid gets kidnapped. Vanilla Ice saves the little kid, and everyone lives happily ever after. Pretty much, Uh, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, there's more stuff happens. It's worth it to rent this film. Look, you know what? I had to rent this. It's true. Uh, Most of the time, I'm able to find it on YouTube, or I'm able to find it streaming somewhere for free. And in this case, I had seen this movie many times, but only on Riff Tracks. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, Riff Tracks, the free version of this, is no longer streaming on Amazon. And my copy of this 
this that I bought a long time ago, uh, I couldn't find on my hard drive. So I actually rented this movie without the riff tracks. It was the first time I've ever seen it without riff tracks. And um, I still liked it. Yeah, it's look, and I think it was worth the three ninety nine to rent it. I mean, I, I had a good time. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Like, if you are the type of person that does like bad movie nights with friends and stuff, get Cool as Ice. You'll have a great time watching it. It it's, looks good. It looks good, and it, despite the fact that it's like definitely an artifact of the nineties, like the early nineties, especially the the music and dancing in it is not bad. I mean, you could do way worse. It's campy. It's campy, but I. I don't think it was an intentionally campy movie. I think it's just that, like, you're just watching Vanilla Ice be Vanilla Ice for an extended movie, and it's kind of fun to do that. He's dumb. He's pretty great, though. But yeah, he's dumb, but entertainingly dumb. So, uh, you know, you could do way worse. There it is, a strong recommendation from Megan. Yeah. The volume, crank up the bass, oh yeah Vanilla ice is in the place Here to tell you a little story about my 5.0 Just to let you know, I'm in total control Oh yes, many people know that I got good taste And if the cops try to chase, I'm in the high speed race I just laugh, right in the face and say yo <laughs> Don't even waste your time, see Cause I can redline and leave you far behind. Thanks for listening to Cinema Super Collider Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Supercast Or you can follow Eric at Dr. Algren on Twitter or at Eric Electric on Instagram. Or you can follow Megan at Wheel Tree Megan on Twitter or Instagram. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. See you next time. Oh yeah, here we go. It's not a bins or a jag. Gets a follow with a rag. I don't want to brag, but I can never be stacked when I'm cruising. To A18, 0 to 60. Four seconds, no play. It's not a joke. And you can see the smoke, I'm burning rubber You heard me clear, I didn't stutter The VIP posse like my homeboy staff And you can giggle and chuckle, but I'll have the last Laugh and take my money all the way to the bank And the ones who buy my records are the ones I should think Because I'm sweating like steam and you can feel the flow When I'm rolling in my 5.0 Rolling in my 5.0 Oh, oh, oh Rolling in my 5.0 Oh, oh in my 5.0, oh, 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 o